Welcome to Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Today, Dr. Forrest teaches us how the remnant shall thrive. We are a church growing and thriving, overflowing with love, strengthening the family, transforming the community, impacting the world, where every member is a minister and a church alive is worth the drive. Amen. The remnant shall thrive. It's probably going to be a little different sort of a message that you are accustomed to receiving from me because I'm a teacher and I usually have organized points, ideas and concepts organized very neatly that I try to get across to you. Well, this morning, I'm going to do it a little bit differently. I'm going to read the word and I'm going to share a fascinating story. And as I do, I'm going to share some of the insights, some of the things that the Lord has stirred in my heart as I learn more about this story. Amen? Let's begin with 2 Kings chapter 18. In the third year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David, his father, had done. He removed the high places and broke the pillars and cut down the Asherah. That was a Phoenician god. And he broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the people of Israel had made offerings to it. It was called Nehushtan, which means that old brass thing. Verse 5. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah after him, nor among those who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him. Wherever he went out, he prospered. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and would not serve him. Amen. Now, At this time in the history of the people of God, the city of Samaria had already been besieged and destroyed, and the northern kingdom of Israel had pretty much ceased to exist. Only Judah remained. The kingdom of Judah, under the leadership of King Hezekiah, was under tribute because his father had arranged it. They were under tribute to the Assyrians, trying to appease them, and trying to avoid the fate that was suffered by their brethren to the north. But Hezekiah had instituted a revival in the land, spearheaded by a renewed emphasis on the word of God, celebrating all the religious festivals that were commanded by the law of Moses. Idolatry and worship of false gods were outlawed, and the nation of Judah returned with all their hearts to the God of their fathers. Now, this newfound zeal for the Lord led Hezekiah to make the decision to rebel against the Assyrians, and he refused to pay any more tribute to the enemy. Amen. Listen, what can we learn already from this story? Just like Hezekiah, at some point, we got to make the decision in our lives and our callings, I'm not going to be a slave to the enemy any longer. No more tribute, no more payments. Amen. I'm going to surrender every area of my life to the Lord Most High. I will not cede one parcel of ground to the enemy. I'm going to live a holy life, 
And I'm going to be faithful to the calling of God on my life. End of story. Amen. Second Chronicles 32. We get another perspective. After these things and, and these acts of faithfulness by Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and invaded Judah and encamped against the fortified cities, thinking to win them for himself. Again, what can we learn? How can we apply this to our personal lives? Once you've made up your mind, you're going to live for God with all of your heart, soul, mind, strength. The enemy will come and try to spoil the fruit of your faithfulness. Before it comes to fruition, before it takes root, and before it becomes a threat to his kingdom. Amen? Verse 2, And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and intended to fight against Jerusalem, he planned with his officers and his mighty men to stop the water of the springs that were outside the city, and they helped him. A great many people were gathered, and they stopped all the springs and the brook that flowed through the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? Basically, they rigged the water system so that most of the water flowed into the city, inside the city walls, and the invading Assyrians would not have that much access to fresh water. Verse 5. He set to work resolutely and built up all the wall that was broken down and raised towers upon it. And outside it, he built another wall. And he strengthened the millow in the city of David. That was a fortress. That was a citadel that David had built. He also made weapons and shields in abundance. And he set combat commanders over the people and gathered them together to him in the square at the gate of the city and spoke encouragingly to them, saying, Listen to the leadership of King Hezekiah. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria and all the horde that is with him, for there are more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people took confidence from the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Amen. Hallelujah. Those are good words. Now, in our lives, we can make preparations and we can take steps in the natural to fulfill our calling, to accomplish our purpose, to realize our vision. But ultimately, without the power and might of the Holy Spirit of God, we will not succeed. Amen. Hezekiah was acutely aware of this. He did what he could do and trusted God to do what he couldn't do. Amen. Verse 9. After this, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, who was besieging Lachish with all his forces, sent his servants to Jerusalem to Hezekiah, king of Judah, and to all the people of Judah who were in Jerusalem, saying, Thus says Sennacherib, king of Assyria, On what are you trusting that you endure the siege in Jerusalem? In other words, what are you thinking that you're trying to defy me? And he sent messages to King Hezekiah and to the kingdom of Judah through a man by the name of Rabshakeh. Actually, the Strong's Concordance says it goes something like this, Rabshakeh, but I just can't get myself to say that. So for the purposes of this message, he will be Rabshakeh. Okay. <laughs> the account in 2 Kings 18 goes into a little bit more detail and explains that there were actually two Assyrian delegations that were sent to the king and to the city of Jerusalem. By the way, the name Rabshakeh means abundant 
waters. And indeed, he unleashed a flood of words into the ears of the people defending Jerusalem, first in verbal form, then in written form. The words were designed to discourage them, to dispirit them, and cause them to surrender to the Assyrian army. Amen. To give up without a fight. Here's an example of Rabshakeh's verbal threats. If you have the time on your own, go back through and read the whole chapter, 2 Kings 18, and you can read about it in detail. But he basically told the ones who were manning the walls of Jerusalem that they would starve them out. Now, this is kind of gross, but it's in the Bible. He said, we will besiege this city until you eat your own dung and drink your own urine. And the servants of the king's court heard these words and repeated them to King Hezekiah. So we pick it up in 2 Kings 19. As soon as King Hezekiah heard it, he tore his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, and Shevna, the secretary, and the senior priest, covered with sackcloth, to the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos. They said to him, Thus says Hezekiah, This day is a day of distress of rebuke, and of disgrace. Children have come to the point of birth, and there is no strength to bring them forth. It may be that the Lord your God heard all the words of the Rabshakeh, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to mock the living God, and will rebuke the words that the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. Amen. Now, here in this passage, in this prayer request given to the prophet Isaiah, King Hezekiah uses children as a metaphor. Children birthed speaks of the future of a people. It speaks of vision. It speaks of destiny. In this case, it looked like the kingdom of Judah was just about finished. They had no future. They had no hope. If God didn't come through, they would not survive as a nation. And if Jerusalem fell... There would be no remnant left to carry on the legacy of King David. Verse 5, when the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah, listen, I love this. Before they even presented the prayer request, he already had the word of the Lord on his lips. Isaiah said to them, say to your master, thus says the Lord, do not be afraid because of the words that you have heard with which the servants of the king of Assyria have reviled me. Behold, I will put a spirit in him so that he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will make him fall by the sword in his own land. Amen. Hallelujah. When you've had enough of the words of the enemy, you need to declare the words of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now let's again apply this on a personal level. Sometimes circumstances seem to indicate And the enemy would have you believe that it's the end of the road for your vision, for your future. That dream that you've been holding on to for so long, just when you thought it was about to come forth, it seems like the enemy has come along to prevent it from ever coming to pass. But I declare to you this morning prophetically, he will not succeed. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Amen. Isaiah 55, 11. I will be who God called me to be. I will do what God called me to do. 
and I will reach the ones God called me to reach. As a church, Faith Life Fellowship will be who God called us to be. We will do what God called us to do, and we will reach the ones God called us to reach. Amen. That's my declaration. That's what I believe. I've had enough of the words of the enemy. Now, I hear the Lord saying this to many in this room this morning. Do not be afraid of the words of the enemy. Hold fast to that which I have spoken to you. Amen. Be faithful to your calling and let the Lord bring it forth by his spirit and by his power. Again, I refer to the scripture. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Isaiah 54, 7. This is your right. This is your heritage. No man, no devil, no set of circumstances can take it away from you. The only one who can prevent it from happening is you. And you must resolve this morning not to let that happen. Hold on to your dream. Never let it go. Then Rabshakeh followed up his verbal threats with a letter to the king. You can read that in verse 14 of 2 Kings 19. Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see and hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they were destroyed. So now, O Lord, our God, save us, please, from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, your prayer to me about Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. This is the word that the Lord has spoken concerning him. Sometimes when you make a prayer request, you need to have your ears opened to hear the word of the Lord in response to your prayer request. In other words, you telling him what the enemy's saying, and he's telling you, yeah, but this is what I'm saying. Amen. Hallelujah. And I don't have time to read it all, but if you read verse 22 through 28, it's pretty comical. In those verses, the word of the Lord mocks the king of Assyria and his quote-unquote mighty army. He says things like, The little girls of Jerusalem shall wag their fingers and wag their heads at you and your supposed invincibility. <laughs> you have mocked me and compared me with the false gods of the nations you have conquered, so I'm going to bring you down in a particularly humiliating fashion. Now, that's my paraphrase, but I bet you if you read those verses, you'd come up with something pretty similar. <laughs> this was the word of the Lord to Hezekiah, starting in verse 29. And this is so awesome. A couple of weeks ago, I was reading, just doing my daily reading, and I came across this scripture, and it just leaped off the pages. And the Lord said, dig into this. There's a message here for the people 
I want you to understand what I'm saying here. Verse 29, And this shall be the sign for you. This year, eat what grows of itself, and in the second year, what springs of the same. Then in the third year, sow and reap and plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Amen. Listen to it in the message translation. And this, Hezekiah, will be for you the confirming sign. The confirming sign of what? That you will be delivered from the Assyrians. That they will not succeed in their siege of Jerusalem. And this, Hezekiah, will be for you the confirming sign. This year, you'll eat the gleanings. In other words, that which grows wild. Next year, whatever you can beg, borrow, or steal. But the third year, you'll sow and harvest, plant vineyards, and eat grapes. And the surviving remnant of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. Glory to God. Glory to God. Jerusalem was under siege. This was the word of the Lord meant to encourage Hezekiah and the people of Judah. Not only would they be delivered from the siege of the Assyrians, but it would be a lasting deliverance. Even the land around them that had been ravaged by the enemy would soon produce fruit once again in abundance. The remnant of Judah would once again sow and they would reap in abundance. They would take root downward and they would bear fruit upwards. Amen. Hallelujah. They would not just survive, but they would thrive. Amen. Glory to God. God doesn't want you just to get by. He don't want you just to survive. He designed you and built you so that you would thrive. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Sometimes you may have felt like you were besieged by the enemy on all sides. And because of this siege, you were unable to sow seed the way you wanted to, and the harvest was minimal. But we're entering a season here at Faith Life Fellowship. Hear me, this is a prophetic word to the church where we're going to experience a lasting deliverance from the things that have come against us. Amen. We will sow and we will reap in abundance. We will take root downward and we will bear fruit upward. Amen. Hallelujah. We will not just survive, but we will thrive. Amen. Some of you have felt shut in, felt like you were constantly under attack, constantly on the defensive but the Lord is about to go offensive on your behalf. Amen. As we speak the word of God's deliverance, the hosts of heaven are being loosed to go forth and enforce the enemy's defeat. Amen. Hallelujah. For out of Jerusalem, verse 31, shall go a remnant, and out of Mount Zion, a band of survivors. The zeal of the Lord will do this. Listen, we will go forth as a remnant, as a band of survivors, and we will become a mighty army, and we will fill this city, and we will fill this land with the goodness of God. Verse 32, Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, or shoot an arrow there, or come before it with a shield, or cast up a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same way he shall return, and he shall not come into this city, declares the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it, for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. And that night, glory to God, 
And that night the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when people arose early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. Then Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went home and lived at Nineveh. This is my paraphrase with this tail between his legs. And as he was worshiping in the house of Nisroch, his god, Adramelech and Sherezar, his sons, struck him down with the sword and escaped into the land of Ararat. And Ezarhaddon, his son, reigned in his place. What does that tell us? How many know the king of Assyria is a type of the enemy? Is <laughs> a type of the devil. We know that we have the victory. And we know the future of the enemy. The accuser of the brethren. He's got a date with a lake of fire. And in the final analysis, his words will have meant nothing. Over there in Isaiah 66, it says when Satan is brought and judged before the nations, everyone will look at him and say, is this the man? Is this the guy that caused all of this suffering and all of this trouble? He doesn't look like much. Why? Because all he's got is his lies. And Jesus says he's a liar and the father of lies. Amen. Therefore, we will pay no attention to his lies, but we will faithfully advance the cause of Christ. Amen. We will be faithful to our calling as a church and as the people of God. Amen. 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 So be it. We hope you enjoyed today's message on The Remnant Shall Thrive. If you would like to learn more about Faith Life Fellowship and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, you can visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And He's coming back again.